Need a reminder of the good in the world? How about inspiration as to how you can personally make a difference in your own life? Join me, Kate Cherichello, each week on Be The Good With Kate as I chat with an individual following their passions and making the world a better place because of it. I get so excited about each and every episode to share with you, and I hope you find inspiration in these people and stories. If you're new here, welcome. And if you're returning, thank you so much for your support. I'm so glad you found Be The Good With Kate and would love to hear from you. If you would like to help me in reaching more people, I would be thrilled if you would share via Instagram, Facebook, email, or however you can. Every single share, subscriber, like, review, comment, and so on helps me to share these guests' wonderful work to more people. Thank you for your help. Each of us has the power to make a difference. So now on to this week's episode. Let's spread a little more goodness in the world. Welcome back to Be The Good with Kate. I am excited to introduce you to Mike Montague, who has the wonderful title of being the Chief Investigator at Playful Humans. In addition, he is the Director of Community Engagement at Sandler, also a game show host, public speaker, podcaster, and writer. And as a DJ, he has opened Billy Idol, Frankie Valley, who is one of my personal favorites, and he's emceed at Toby Keith's Bar and Grill. And Playful Humans is a community designed to help the burned out and bored get re-energized and engaged with life. I am going to let Mike tell us the rest, though. So, Mike, thanks so much for being here. Hey, Kate, thanks so, so much for having me. I love doing things like this. If you couldn't tell by the background, I really don't turn down a chance to be behind a microphone or on camera. Um, it sounds like very similar to you <laughs> as well in, in your background. You know, you got to keep things moving. And that's really what I do. So when I explain my background to people, there's basically three kind of threads that weave together the the whole time. So uh, I my mom won a computer in a radio station contest in like 1986, before like anybody had home computers and before there were any sort of programs or games you could run on them. So as like a seven-year-old, I started learning how to program it just to get it to work and to play games and, and things. So um, I found out I was, you know, kind of like gifted and had an early start in math and science and computers and web design, but I didn't want to be a nerd. You know, I, I was a, as a kid, like a, a fifth grader, I wanted to be cool. I wanted to be on the radio. Um, so I was like, I don't want to be a nerd and stuck, you know, in a room by myself all day. So instead I, after college, I got into radio, I got my own show on the top 40 station here in Kansas city. And guess what the job is sitting in a room by yourself behind a computer all day. And you tell the funniest joke you've ever thought of. And nobody listens, nobody laughs, you know, they're all in their own cars and, and offices and stuff. But the good news I discovered um, is that it pays about a quarter of what computer programmers make and, <laughs> and yeah. um, the hours are crap. So it turns out that not surprisingly, fifth graders are really bad at making career choices um, for adults. So the third you know, kind of thread in this thing is my dad is a sales trainer for Sandler training. And he started that when I was in high school. And so I took professional sales training as a junior in high school and have on and off for the last, you know, 25, 28 years now. And I've been doing it full time for 12 years. Public speaking, it pays much better than radio. Uh, I get to do corporate training for big companies like Uber or Thermo Fisher Scientific and small companies and 
I have all kinds of podcasts and a, a book that I wrote on LinkedIn that was published by LinkedIn. And it led to a lot of cool career uh, opportunities in sales and marketing. So today I do a combination of all of those things. I do internet marketing. Uh, I do a little bit of sales training and public speaking, motivational speaking, and I get to play and have a ton of fun with the game shows and all the entertainment stuff that I do from hosting podcasts, webinars, live events, that kind of stuff. Amazing. And there's been a theme that's been coming up with a lot of guests or almost all guests is this idea of along the way throughout life, there's different careers, there's different jobs, there's different interests that all start to feed into each other and yeah. create this amazing life. And it sounds like you are such a clear example of this, just from fifth grade onward. That's amazing. Well, and I tell, uh, I talk to a lot of college age students and, and stuff. I tell them the secret here is that when you combine three jobs, I make about what all three of those combined would be separately too, because how many web designing radio DJ sales trainers do you know? Um, probably just one. So it's scarce. Yep. I can charge whatever I want. Nobody can look that up on Indeed or Glassdoor <laughs> and find out how much to pay me for that. So it uh, it's worked out well. And I love that it it helps me bring out the best of, of my personality and, and who I am. Wonderful. Well, one question about way in the past before we move forward is when you were strictly into radio, and sitting in that dark room by yourself, going into the void. Now, I feel like a lot of us have experienced that for the first time or almost the first time now with the pandemic of all the virtual coaching classes, et cetera. I teach fitness, so I'm teaching a Pilates class to a room full of a screen, you know? So yeah. what was that like for you before it was on trend to do that, just to experience that as just you by yourself, not knowing that maybe other people were in the same situation anywhere? It's a great question because I was working remotely for, for Sandler too for five years okay. before the, the wow. pandemic. So I kind of had made that adjustment. Then everything else changed around me. Mm. And it was like, oh, you guys are just figuring out <laughs> what it means to get a camera or a microphone and your speaker set up. I'll help you out. And and stuff. And that was great. And I do think radio prepared me for that as well. I will say with my personality and I love human connection and stuff, it does not feed all of me. So mm -hmm. I have to be very careful about the time I spend doing that and working alone or, or not having real connections. Cause I do a ton of conversations, podcast interviews, webinars, and office meetings, but it's not the same as getting out and, and mixing it up with, uh, actual live human being. So I think for both situations, I realized that there was kind of a couple of tanks that I need to make sure I keep filled. One of them, and, and maybe there's three, one is the, the human connection, that if I'm doing too much computer work and it was web design early in my career, or now it's, you know, working remotely, I have to go out on the nights and weekends, or I have to go take a break and go to the gym and see other humans and move my body and, and stuff to keep that balance. But the same is true the opposite way that if I'm doing too much entertaining and I'm hosting a bunch of game shows and I have a, or when I do a live conference, there's a sales kickoff and I'm doing three days in a row and it's all human interaction and no alone time. At the end of the day, I'm exhausted. And the end of the week, it's like, 
I just need to sit in a room by myself and like read a book <laughs> for a couple of days or, or tune out and watch Netflix because I have to decompress from all of that. So I would say kind of watch your energy levels and make sure you're getting a balance of all of that. The third bucket for me is really just rest and recovery that mm. I'm somebody that's highly productive, highly active. I can keep my schedule full and go from one thing to another. If I don't take breaks to, you know, eat, sleep, rest, and just kind of have transition times between either the, you know, introverted focused work or the extroverted work, then it doesn't seem to go well. I, I need to give myself some space between those. Those last comments were so relatable. Uh, I, I love that you pointed out the introverted pl plus the extroverted qualities and moments. Cause I always feel that with myself too. People are like, are you an extrovert or an introvert? I'm like, well, I'm really, uh, there's both. People think I'm an extrovert because of all of this. You know, we're talking to each other and outgoingness, but those moments of silence after a lot of the energy are so needed. So uh, during your whole path thus far, have there been times when those buckets have just felt so out of whack that you've had to step back and, and refocus um, anything that you've learned from all of that? Yeah, I think there were a couple of times for me. When I was younger, I was really trying to do anything to pay the bills. And I, mm -hmm. I did overnights on the radio oh. for a year and that was just really brutal. I never got used to the schedule because on the weekends I'd have to do live events or do things during the day. And so it kind of was like Monday through, or I guess Sunday night through Thursday night, I'm having to stay up all night long. And then Friday and Saturday working during the days and, and stuff, sometimes uh -huh. even Sunday before restarting. And it's really hard to have any kind of human connection when you're working the opposite schedule of other people. So yeah. especially as a single person in their twenties, uh, just heads up any dates that end, you know, before seven o'clock or start after one o'clock are not really great dates. Uh, so <laughs> working nights and stuff can be uh, a challenge in, and finding, you know, ways to connect with good energy was tough then. But the one I think more, most people can relate to was, during the pandemic for me, there were some job changes and, and stuff where all of that extra human connection for me got sucked out. So mm -hmm. while my job kind of stayed the same and there was an immediate flurry of stuff, I think like happened to everybody for the pandemic, it actually kind of slowed down for me, but then there wasn't anything to engage me outside of work. So all of those like, you know, dinners out with the with the wife and parties you would go to or weddings and other things and family functions and stuff without those i found that it was really way out of balance for me and that's when i got into the play stuff and really started the playful humans podcast and started hosting game shows just as an excuse for something to get out of the house and uh you know connect with other human beings so i auditioned for two game show hosting jobs. And I got them both. One was online for a company out of California. And I did game shows for Facebook and Google and Qualcomm and the San Francisco 49ers and all kinds of cool companies out there. And then they opened this game show battle rooms here in Kansas city, which is a live theater that I go on stage and I host and it has lights and a producer and music. And it's a whole like fake show we put on for people. It's an hour long. And that has really been a ton of fun. That's the one that kind of 
pulled me out of the COVID funk and we did it with masks for a while and we all got vaccinated and then we all got COVID anyway and we made it work. I still have a bit of a cough this week because I got a bug, but it, uh, it's been super fun. And then now I feel like there's a really good mix of, of stuff, of doing things online and doing cool work that I wouldn't get a chance to do otherwise, and then also doing cool live performances. That's amazing. So now these two game show hosting opportunities, they were just on a job posting website. Like how did you come about auditioning for that? Yeah, I had some friends uh, in the play world that I had interviewed okay. from Playful Humans that had posted, hey, this company is looking for entertainers to, to host game shows, especially during the holiday season. This oh, was yeah. a couple of years ago. And um, so I just called them up randomly and, you know, gave my background of radio and entertainment that I've done and hosting karaoke for like 12 years um, to I kind of skipped that part during the radio years. Uh, and then the local one I just found, cause I was like, I wonder if there's other game show stuff exists. And so they were just opening up, uh, too. So they were hiring a whole new staff of people and went and auditioned, did my fake, uh, you know, game show host speech. And, oh and uh, I feel like I've been training for that my whole life. Uh, <laughs> so it's been great. That's wonderful. I didn't know that there were these like game show, um, what do you call it? Like game show event type of places. Yeah, it's kind of an escape room model. Yeah. It's been really cool. Uh, a guy that started it was in uh, Minneapolis okay. and he he owned escape rooms and he would do like company parties and stuff for his staff and they would do game shows and they created this concept of kind of combining both where you can rent it for an hour with like six to 64 people and have the whole theater to yourself and we do a show for you and it's been super yeah. fun and everybody that comes in has a blast if they come with their work they usually come back with their family and if they come with their family they say oh we have to bring the work people here and we do the normal ones i can't you know say the games but okay. you know like a friendly feud or or one with a wheel that you might be fortunate and get a, a clue uh, about a puzzle and uh <laughs> you know pricing games we call what's that cost so um, love it really fun stuff like that that everybody's always <laughs> dreamed about doing yeah uh, I get to do as my day job and I think most importantly for this show too it's all about having fun like there's no agenda to it we're not trying to like upsell other products and sponsorships and the people playing aren't playing for anything there's no prizes there's no reward it's really about just having fun with your team or your family and just having a great time and that for me is what really recharges me but this one is just for the people there that are living in the moment. We don't record it. You know, they can take pictures and stuff. But when it's over, it's like, hey, well, see ya. We had a great time together and move on and enjoy our lives. And we just were brought some good to, to each other's lives for an hour. Love it. I, hearing about it, I'm like, wow, that didn't exist before. Because knowing how popular escape rooms have been, it's just like, oh, yeah. of course, a game show concept of it. That's brilliant. And now moving back into Playful Humans, I want to hear more about how this idea started and what you've done with it. And just those moments of, because I know you've interviewed all sorts of people, any stories you want to highlight that just, you know, were extra special to you? 
There have been several for me. So the idea here was to interview people that play for a living, kind of like yourself, Kate, actually. Uh, I need to get you on the show. But people that are living their childhood dreams. Maybe they're a game show host or an actor or a magician or a juggler. I've interviewed Justin Guarini from American Idol, (laughs) DC Glenn from Tag Team, and whoop, there it is. (laughs) Um, I interviewed recently. This was one of the coolest ones. It hasn't come out yet. But um, David Kay is a voiceover actor in California. He started when we were kids, he did uh, General Hawk on G.I. Joe, but then he was Megatron with the Transformers <laughs> series. So he does that cool, like, you know, Autobots assemble voice and, and all the movie trailer stuff. Uh, I didn't do it very good there. But um, oh, I knew what you're referring to, though. <laughs> yeah. And he. Uh, <laughs> He does the voice of Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Oh, yeah. Uh, the guy that's like, and now this uh, and stuff. And uh, so you've all heard his voice. He's one of my top five, like, favorite voice actors of all time, which most people wouldn't have a top five, but I'm a radio guy. And of course. I've always yeah. loved doing voices and, and things. So that one was really cool and, and special to see how he made a career out of it and got to do so many fun, different activities and lessons learned along the way that, for me, the interesting questions are like, did they always have a, a fun and playful career or did they try like an office job selling insurance in a cubicle and then be like, no, I got to go live my dream and become a musician? Or um, did that work? Sometimes when what you do, you love what you do, it actually becomes a job and it sucks the yeah. fun out of it and stuff. So I kind of found that a little bit with karaoke, but also with mm-hmm. the radio job that it didn't become more fun as it went along. It kind of became less fun as corporate interests bought the radio stations and they're scheduling all the songs. So I'm not picking any and they're telling me what to say. And so most of the time I'm just reading weather or sponsorships or running a promotion and maybe twice an hour for about 20 seconds, I got to do something creative and fun. That's not very much time out of the whole day. So, you know, eight to 12 minutes out of a four hour shift, I get to say something funny on the radio. Didn't quite work out like I I wanted. And so I think those conversations are all fun and it's really meant to inspire adults to rediscover the power of play in their world, what it feels like to come alive and do what you're always meant to do and help people have those guts that if they always wanted to play for a living or maybe try and monetize their hobby or passion, of some ways to on how to do that and how other people are doing it. I think last point here, and then I'll let you ask a follow-up question. No, there, I love it. Keep going. There is this like middle class of people that don't get the headlines that I think people think you either need to be Tom Cruise and be, you know, a millionaire or you're a professional athlete to be successful, but you can make six figures, you know, being a, a coach or acting in local theater and television commercials and stuff. And um, I interviewed the guy that does Cash Cab in in Canada. (laughs) And, you know, he's got a nice, good gig. And he's, uh, you know, a quasi-famous person that you might recognize. But uh, people that do sound on movies, the uh, Foley artists. And so this guy just plays with toys, basically, and makes all kinds of creative interesting projects and you know snap celery for breaking bones <laughs> things uh, and he's just playing and he's making a good living you'd never know who he was if you didn't watch the credits of a movie but that's a really fun awesome career that i think most people don't 
realize exists or they mm -hmm. think that you have to be super famous or something to get a job where a lot of people, hundreds of people that I've interviewed already, yeah. living their life, paying the bills, having fun and uh, making funny TikTok videos as a stay-at-home mom or or any of that kind of stuff is just amazing to me. And isn't it interesting too now versus when we were growing up, like there are so many careers that I definitely didn't know existed when I was a kid. And there's this, the society thing of, oh, pick something, pick something that you want to do and focus on it and go to college for it and make sure that you know what you want to do and take the path and all of that noise of it. And when in reality, I feel like I learned about the, all of these careers way after I graduated college. I was like, oh, that's a career and this is a career. And even just listening to you, I'm like, I never thought about the person who makes the random snapping sounds, but he does make six yeah. figures because it's the television industry. And so that's also just so important to remember of there. You don't always have to know what's going to be the next part of your journey. And today now too, we have the internet, of course, with YouTube and yeah. TikTok and everything we can find out. And we have people like you interviewing people and putting them out there. And, and it is, I think we're learning so much more now about the possibilities of what we can, you know, hope to do from fifth grade or when we're 18 or when we're graduating college, which is wonderful. Yeah, I think that, again, is one of the big themes uh, of my show and what I'm trying to spread the message on is just to be more creative. We all think that there's some right answer or like a passion and purpose. And you've heard that quote, like, if you love what you do, you'll never work another day in your life. I find that to be completely false, that no matter what you do, all of these cool people that I interview, they still have to pay their taxes. There are days they don't want to work and don't feel good, or there's parts of their job that they don't like. But I think that your career can evolve over time, that there's not one right answer for what you want to be when you grow up. The more interesting question for me is how do you want to be when you grow up. Mm. And so that's why I called it Playful Humans is because I want to be playful. What that means is I could do a lot of things. I, I could be the podcast or it could be a game show or it could be a sales training or it could be just networking and working a, a sales job or, or something. I could do any of those things while being playful. And so I think the why and the how question is a lot more interesting than the what. Because being a director of community engagement or being a podcaster wasn't a thing when I was going through high school and education yeah. and, and college. So yeah. who knew that was even an option or, or that you could make money at it? And that's going to always change throughout your life. There's going to be new jobs. There's going to be jobs that go away and jobs that were fun in your 20s. Like mm -hmm. I always thought the, the club DJ one, I told people. Uh -huh. You know, it's cool in your 20s, but it's not cool in your 40s. You don't want to be up till three o'clock in the morning. And there's no cool 40 year old DJs in the clubs. That's why they wear the masks now. They have the big helmets that you can't see who they are. It's because they have gray hair and, <laughs> and definitely cool. earplugs in by that yeah, point. Sure. Earplugs in there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so true, though. Like you said, the passions can change that you can do the passion in one chapter and shift for another. But I just have to say again, what just repeat for the people in the back, so to speak, the why and the how is more important than the what. And I love that so much. Okay. That was a great quote that you had. Are there any other mantras or sayings that, that get you through that you are always telling the people you work with, et cetera? I think there are 
a couple of things that come to mind you're probably very familiar with and what you do too so the steve martin quote is one of my favorites i have it here in front of me and i have steve martin behind me but the be so good they can't ignore you one is really about taking responsibility and i had a coach one time tell me like are you going to sit around and wait for somebody to notice you and choose you and pick you to to be on the stage or when are you going to do something worthy of being noticed? When are you going to create and take the action to build your own spot? And I think that's something that's also changed throughout the last 20 years is maybe it used to be you could go and audition for a show and they would pick you. But now they're picking the people who already have followers on Instagram or TikTok or, or something else. And you can create your own show. So I love Mr. Beast. Um, you know, he was like a pimply faced little nerd kid and he'll say it like nobody was going to pick him to star in a TV show, but he's the biggest YouTube personality on the planet with hundreds of millions of followers because he created that opportunity for himself and he put in the hard work and, and he did it. And so I think that's a big kind of motto and mantra for me is, is that if I want a job, let me go make the job. I, I don't, need somebody else to make it and then give me that position. And the last thing I'll add on that is I have a very much a yes and improv personality. And so a lot of times people think, oh, I have to have a day job or I have to be a starving artist. And I think you can do both. Uh, so I have a really good, great, awesome uh, day job that I love. And I get to be a performing artist and have fun and, and create, or you can create a day job out of being an artist, or you can have more than one job. The, you know, there's no rules to this thing. People think that there's like a success or fail past grade that you're going to get, but there's no final exam. We're all making this up as we go along. Nobody, nobody's taking a temperature. So as long as you get to make enough money to keep doing it, then mm -hmm. I feel like that's a, a success. Uh, and if you don't, then it can still be a hobby. So yeah. I encourage people to try and fail. And the best thing about starting a podcast that nobody uh, that fails is nobody listened to it. So <laughs> you can make a podcast for yourself and yeah. not even put it out there and just have fun True. interviewing people uh, and stuff. You know, there's really no true. rules to this thing. Yeah. And that is such a needed reminder. It's so easy, isn't it? To get caught up in that, like, oh, well, what's the society think? Or what is the accepted way to, what trajectory to take? And it's all just thrown out the window, especially today. There is none of, there, there are no rules, like you said. And with your message for being the good, like, you know, in the world or in anything in your office, you can sit around and say, hey, somebody should really do something about this. Well, you're somebody. Go, go do it, right? And well, Mike, that is my last question. So please keep going with that because this season um, started with last season. I'm asking everyone, you know, if someone came to you and they wanted to make a difference in the world, but they were overwhelmed, they didn't know how, they didn't know how to start. Is there any advice you'd give them? I love um, Seth Godin. He's like the world's best marketer. And one of his main pieces of advice are to smart, start with the smallest possible audience. A lot of times we think that we need to reach a million people to change the world, but it turns out that's not really true. Um, I mean, if you change one life or you really connect with one human being and you have a child and that child has 10 child, I mean, little as like, I 
forget what the actual number is. I think it's like 400 years. You are related to everyone who is alive 400 years from now. Yeah. Really? Uh, if you're, yeah, if your bloodline continues and your kids continue to have huh. kids. Um, so you can literally change the world over the course of 400 years just by connecting and creating a really awesome family and, and life for you and, and your offspring. But the same thing is also true for ideas and stuff that you really have to be able to connect with one person before you connect with a million. And so all the things that scale really start small anyway. Facebook, you know, started on one college campus and connecting with a few people that it resonated with for that to become the largest platform in the world and connect the most people in the world. So I think if you want to change the world, start with yourself, start with the people around you. And if you got good ideas and if it helps them, um, they'll tell other people about it and it'll, it'll go. Wonderful advice, Mike. And like you are doing with playful humans with the game show with everything you're involved in as well you're helping people every day so thank you and tell us where we can find you follow you and learn about everything you've got going on well uh it's playful humans with an s i had to go plural but that means i got all of the names so (laughs) it's playfulhumans.com you can look for playful humans wherever you're listening or watching this podcast uh it's on there for sure the youtube channel uh, but reach out to me. Uh, I'm Mike D Montague on, on all the platforms and stuff too. Happy to connect in any way that, that makes sense. If you have suggestions for guests or cool ideas, or you need help being more playful and reminders to not take things so dang seriously all the time. Uh, that's what I'm all about. I love it. And there's not taking things too seriously. It seems to be a theme this week with all of my guests. I have never heard that sentence so often as I have this week. So reminder for everyone right? Life is too short for that. So Mike, thank you so much. And I definitely want to end up in Kansas city so I can come to this game show. <laughs> yeah, do that. They've opened like six other uh, cities. You can find it at gameshowbattlerooms.com, but not New York yet. We're starting on all these, uh, you know, Midwestern and middle market cities, but Hey, you want to play a game show right now? Yes. I'm putting you on the spot. There you go. Uh-oh. All right. Uh, I surveyed 100 people and I asked them to name a cooked food that's as good hot as it is cold. What do you think they said? What the 100 people food that's as good hot as it is cold. That is as good as hot as coffee. Is that food because it's drinkable? Oh, uh, that's a good answer, but that's not on here because I think it's not a a food. But uh, all right, strike on the first one. Okay. You want the the right answers here? Chicken, pasta, potatoes, carrots, beans, and shrimp. Shrimp uh, is a good answer. Yeah, shrimp All right, is, now, oh, yeah. um, this is one of my favorite questions. Okay. During a power failure, name something you can still turn on. I'm nervous being put on the spot here. I know. During a power failure, what can you still turn on? Well, I mean, anything that has a battery... So yeah. anything that's, yeah, anything with a battery, flashlights, you can turn on your cell phone. Flashlights, the number one that. answer. There you go. Oh, you nailed is. that okay, one. Good. All right. Is it like, was it a trick question? One more. This is going to be the tiebreaker, whether you win okay. or not. Name a place <laughs> where you always try to squeeze in one more person. Elevator. Ooh, elevator is the number two answer. You got it. I forgot to share the other ones. Things you can still turn on if you're playing the home game. Uh, uh-huh. Radio, water, spouse, 
and stove uh, also on there. <laughs> and the other ones are, you always try to squeeze in somebody into the car, the elevator, the bus, a restaurant table, a church pew or a concert. I'll add number seven, a New York City subway car at rush hour. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Kate, thank you so much uh, for playing with me. I appreciate you having the guts to do that. Oh, Mike, I'm so glad you threw that in there. Oh, what a joy to talk to you. And I can't wait to share this with everybody. Thank you. Have a great week. Thanks so much for listening to Be The Good with Kate Cherichello. Whether you're listening on YouTube or via podcast, it would mean the world if you liked, subscribed, and or left a review. You heard about the good? Now go out and be the good in your life this week. If you have stories of good news that need to be shared, please send me a message. Thanks again and have a great week.